Hello everyone, this is the Cheshire Police Federation podcast, but not for this month at least, as you know it. For episode 20, we've hit the road. Our destination? Manchester. More specifically, to the Central Convention Complex, or GMEX in old money, for the Police Federation of England and Wales annual conference. Those of you that listened to our previous edition will recall that Steve Hartshorn, the new national chair, identified a disconnect between rank and file federation members and the national board. Indeed, you don't need to search online for long to discover scepticism about the conference itself and the purpose it serves. Is that fair? I don't know. However, it made sense for us to at least share with you a little bit of what happened. I'm your host, Andrew Simpson, and I found plenty of people willing to talk into my voice recorder over the course of two days. So let's start where we left off, and that's with Steve Hartshorn. To set the scene, I asked him what he hoped delegates would remember when asked by colleagues for their verdict on the event. For me, I'd like them to take away that there's been lots of learning. We've had lots of individual sessions ranging from misogyny, legal advice, time limits, UPP, education around diversity. I'd like every delegate here to take something back to their members and go, here's what we've learnt today. Put it in a newsletter, do a podcast, speak to people. I want them to understand that this value of having a national federation as well as individual, regional and local chairs, secretaries, conduct and performance lead, fed reps that do the job for them, to show that what they're paying at the moment, £23.50 a month, is worth something. Explain what we do, explain we've had lots of exhibitors, they've paid to be here, they've got lots of interaction time and it's about networking and it's all about delivering for the membership, taking that message to government to hopefully get some tangible results. Ask me in 12 months time how successful that's been and I'll speak to you again. Keynote addresses, one from Steve Hartshorn and another from Home Secretary Priti Patel with a highlight of day one. The National Chair said that he wanted to bring to the government's attention four key areas of concern. Pay, pensions, presence and pride. Unsurprisingly, pay was top of the list. He closed by saying that it was a time for change, warning that the number of officers leaving policing as a result of the cost of living crisis would increase without it. In her response, the Home Secretary suggested that the Police Federation of England and Wales should reverse its decision to end engagement with the Police Remuneration Review Body, easy for me to say, a decision its National Council took last July after the PRRB ruled an overall pay award to all officers was outside the scope of its remit in 2021. Here's what members of the Cheshire delegation made of what they said. First up, because you're going to be a new voice on the podcast, can you introduce yourself... Tell us what your role is and where you're based. Yep, uh, my name is Nigel Reid. I'm a detective inspector working on the major incident team uh, based at Blake and Chester. Well, I'm going to ask you about Steve Hartson first because that's the first time lots of people here will have heard from him. Um, what did you like about what he said? I think he spoke really well, very clear. Um, he was direct. I think he didn't hold any punches back, uh, which I like. Um, I just hope that uh, he says what he says he's going to do uh, and pulls the federation together because it's the only way we're going to make change. When you go back into work this week and if anyone does ask you what are the main things that came out of Steve's speech, what will be the things that you remember or that you'll tell them first? Biggest thing for me is it's this recognition about the well-being and welfare needs of officers. It isn't just about the work that they do and the risks they're under. It's also about the pay that they get, you know, the conditions that they work in. So 
you know, what I'll be saying to them is that uh, it's recognised at the Federation level and national level. You know, it's been addressed with the Home Secretary. So this is the time now that we need to push it forward further. Just on the Home Secretary, which you've mentioned there, um, what are we your main takeaways from what she had to say? I was pretty disappointed, to be honest, in the Home Secretary in the sense that it's like as if this is the first time she's ever heard there's been an issue around pay and that she wants to start talking and negotiating again. So, um, yeah, a bit disappointing. I expected that, um, but it's about what we do now over the next week, month, year, and to make sure that she says what she said she's going to do, and that is support the police. OK, I'm Shelley Lister. I work on integrated offender management over at Crew, um, and I am Federation Professional Development Lead. So we're talking uh, in the minutes after the keynote speeches by new National Chair Steve Hartson and Home Secretary Priti Patel. So let, let's talk a little bit about that if you don't mind. First time lots of people in the room today will have heard from Steve as a new National Chair. What were your impressions? How did he do? I thought he was very to the point. I thought he was addressing a lot of issues. Um, it came across very professional and very, yeah, it came across really well. Do you think he as part of his speech has correctly identified the things that matter most to the people that you work with? I believe so, yeah. Yeah, I think he has picked out the the points that mainly people uh, are concerned about, the pay, the pensions, um, moving forward with training, just the whole package we have been left behind um, and, and just left to fester really um, and carry on because we haven't got that, like you say, the, the, the power behind us to do anything about it. Yeah. It's, it's been queued up, but I'll come on to Home Secretary in a minute, but it's been queued up between them as this kind of grand reset. We've kind of got a blank piece of paper because, because Pretty Patel and Steve Hartson don't know each other. Um, can you reassure the members that we can believe that they'll get the results that we've not seen from previous partnerships? What's your early prediction? I think Steve's got the will and the want to do it. But whether the Home Secretary is just using that, and I think it probably is, is just using that as something to fire back as a negative. Um, because as, as soon as sort of she starts getting the pressure put on her, it's, oh, but you've stepped out of the board, you know, the governing body and etc. But what about the years before that? What about the years when we were engaging in and it wasn't getting us anywhere? We had to do something. We've got to make some sort of stand. How did what she said compared to what you expected her to say was there anything surprising no it didn't really surprise me i think it's very much of a muchness the same sort of things that you're hearing over and over again regurgitating not really answering the questions and ultimately one of the things that got me was bringing up the past which she says repeatedly in, in different forms of words how much she champions policing how much that she respects what you do how much she acknowledges the value of, of what police officers do. Do you think that resonates with your colleagues and, and your members? Do they believe her? No, no, not at all. I think it, it's very much, like I say, hot air, and very much that sort of it, it's all it's all words, but there's no action behind it. And I think if she starts putting something in place and some action behind those words, then maybe she'll get the respect. Next up, I've got Tony Condon, who, is, of course, is the secretary of the Cheshire Police Federation. I'm going to ask him the same question that I asked uh, Nigel. It's the first time that lots of us will have heard from Steve Hartson, new national chair of the Federation. Um, what did you like about what he said? 
I think he's got a grasp of a number of issues that clearly are burning issues. I think the response from the Home Secretary was very poor. I think it lacked substance, it lacked content. Um, to say that not having an understanding of what the problems are and it's a fresh start is disappointing. I think that going forward I expect to hear an update relatively soon about where we are in the negotiation process. At the moment though I'm not holding my breath if I'm honest. You mentioned about Home Secretary there, I mean she's a self-proclaimed and I'm quoting dear Lister, she said she's the champion of policing in Westminster. Um, do you think that that will resonate with your colleagues? Do they buy into that? Let's be honest, one of the questions she was asked was what she's brought to policing and she struggled to answer it. So on that basis, um, I think going forward the negotiations with Steve I doubt are going to be very difficult. I don't think she has ever brought much to the table. I worry that there will be a lack of um, information coming our way from her to Steve. I, don't, I think she's going to struggle to get the confidence of the members. She wasn't well liked when she came here with what she closed with. So it's going to be a rocky road ahead, Andy, if I'm honest. OK, I'm now joined by Dan Lever, Wellbeing Lead for Chester Police Federation. He's not heard his voice on the podcast for a little while, so welcome back, Dan. Thank you very much, mate. And uh, we're here just after the keynote speeches from new National Chair Steve Hartson and Home Secretary Priti Patel. But I'm going to ask you about Steve first, if you don't mind. It's the first time lots of us will have heard from him. Yeah. So lots of people here. Obviously, he was a guest on the podcast last month. But what resonated most with you from his speech first? I mean, I think first and foremost, I didn't know a great deal about Steve before his speech today, so it was a little, little bit of uh, guesswork what, what he was going to come out with. Um, but I think most importantly, he came across really well, really measured. And I think if you were to ask the membership, they would expect a very robust approach. And I don't think that's always the way. And I, and I think the biggest thing to come out of his speech today for me was really measured. Really measured. He raised all the relevant points. The biggest point is always going to be about pay, always, always has been, always will be, and it's a really difficult situation to be in because our hands are very much tied with it. And I think he had to, he had to manage it well. Yeah. And I thought he did that. I thought he approached it in the right, in the right manner. To be honest. On to the Home Secretary then. Um, what did you make of her speech? Did anything in it surprise you? Sadly, I'm not surprised. I think I've seen one too many of these speeches um, to to not get surprised by him, but. I thought it was empty. Okay. I think it was very hollow. Um, clearly, her answer was, "We need to deal with what's in front of us today." She used last year pulling out of the, the negotiations as a bit of a, a bit of a tool today, and for me, that that was her trying to trying to get out the back door a little bit because it doesn't negate what's what's been what's happened the years previous, and she covered over it. She tried to paper over the cracks, and, and let's be honest, the massive cracks, and I don't think she did it well. I don't, I don't find her genuine in what she says. I mean, she did say repeatedly how important policing is to her. She said it was valuable to her. She said that she's willing to, to engage. She said lots of things that to her would have been an olive branch. But what I would ask is your members, and, and when you go back to Cheshire and people will say to you, how did it go, what did she say, um, will they believe you if you report back that she said those things? Well, listen, there was one mem one delegate who got up there and gave a very honest uh, account of her personal situation. The frightening thing is, that's the same for so many police officers up and down the country. It's a story I hear every day, and it's why I'm, I'm very vocal about financial well-being. So it, it very much strikes 
into the heart with me in terms of this is a massive issue. Holding out an olive branch is one thing, and and we've got to start somewhere. I do accept that. that that's got to be the case. But an olive branch isn't going to pay the bills. We're going to get some reflections now from branch chairman Jamie Thompson. Are you enthused that this particular reset? I'm sure there's been previous ones has a better chance of delivering success or is it too early to tell? Um, I was in the room when we, we decided to walk away from the peer review body um, and that's a decision that hasn't been overturned by the, by the National Council. Um, I think there was benefits to doing that, there was also some negatives but as with anything you have to own those negatives and, and, and work around it. Um, not, as we stand here at the conference, other than there's a different person in the chair, nothing has changed. So from where we were in September and October, when we got no uplift in our pay, absolutely nothing has changed. So I think to come today and for the Home Secretary to talk about new relationships and this is the first time she's met Steve, well actually we, she was having those relationships before with, with, with the Federation and we could have had those conversations. So I'm not utterly convinced that the fact that she's turned up today and, and says we're going to reset the relationship, it's going to happen, because it could have happened. We wrote to them and asked them for it to happen, and we got ignored till, till a few weeks ago. Now, um, I put this to, to, to your colleagues who, whose voices you're going to hear on the podcast this time around. We heard the Home Secretary say repeatedly during her speech, in different ways, admittedly, how much, and I wrote some of them down, you know, I'm alongside you, I value what you do, I respect what you do, I acknowledge what you do, and she even closed by proclaiming herself as the champion of policing in Westminster. Now, for those colleagues who've not had an opportunity to watch the speech live, is that going to resonate at all with them? I don't think so. Um, I don't doubt for one minute that, that the Home Secretary does have an admiration for what policing does. Um, I, you know, we, we know she puts herself around the country at different forces, um, but when she talks about all these police officers she's spoken to, it's, it's almost said in a way that um, we don't. Um, and, and I almost want to stand up and go, yeah, we're doing that every single day. Our fed reps um, are talking to police officers every, every day and our, poli our, our police officers themselves. So you're not telling us something we don't already know. Um, but I I'm sure she believes in her heart that she's doing the right thing, but, but she's not listening to the message. We, we want a pay rise. It's that simple. I, I, if I could ask one question of the Home Secretary, it would be, when am I getting the pay rise? Nothing else, no bluster, that's it. And I mean, you know, on that, I mean, you mentioned already during this interview about the pay review body, but that, that, that was all she was prepared to say, you know, come back to this table over here that we're already sat at. That's kind of the initial icebreaker here. Is, that's the only one she's prepared to offer at the moment is come back to this uh, set of circumstances that you've already said you've got no faith in. And, and nothing has changed in the time that we walked away from, from that review body. And she isn't at that review body. She, does, she forms no part of it. She's, the Home Secretary in the Home Office set the, the, the agenda, set the framework for which they can work in. They tell them what we can have. Um, and so when the Home Office and the Home Secretary rubber stamp a 0% pay uplift, of course they're going to give us nothing because they can't go against it because that, that's the terms of reference that's given. So what's the point? What's the point of having a conversation around the table when you know what's... what's it was described today as... as setting the homework and marking it yourself and it's absolutely right nothing has changed until i think until we get some clarification on what an independent body looks like perhaps one like the mps have got which is truly independent as she she reiterated today that's when we come back to the table but at the moment you're coming back with your tail between your legs and, and for those who weren't here there was a question from the facilitator that compared 
pay rises for politicians with, with pay rises for police officers. And let's have it right, probably got the biggest reaction. Yeah, it was, it was uh, Ian Collins who facilitated it. He doesn't mind sort of going going up to the line, really. Um, but it's, it's true, isn't it? You know, that they they hide behind the fact. You know, when we're in austerity and they got a, a, a pay rise, they've just had a, a look at what's been presented. Listen to the stories of police officers up and down the country who can't put food on the table but can't take a second job. You know, we heard from a, a politician yesterday to say, work more hours or go and get another job. Really simplistic. Uh, approach to things, but we can't. We can't yeah. get another job. I yeah. can't. I can't go out and get a second job without it being scrutinised. I can't go and drive a taxi or work behind a bar, and neither can my members because we're, we're bound by the, the the shackles of being a police officer. So it isn't that simple. And we are in the mix with people. I'm, listen, I'm not here saying we're we're the only ones who are, are, are suffering at the moment. We're not. Everybody is. It's really really difficult. But we're the ones who are expected to go out and be professional and do our job on a daily basis. Now, somebody going into that environment who is who can't feed the kids, who can't pay the bills, who's worrying about losing the house, are they going to be at their best? No, they're not. Um, are they going to make mistakes? Yes, they are. And then they get into the realms of misconduct, get the, or somebody gets hurt. And, and that's, that's the real danger here, that, that financial well-being thing is really not being looked at properly. Okay, I'm delighted to welcome back to the podcast after his debut last month, the new National Chair of the Police Federation England and Wales, Steve Hartson, And we're kind of... We can see the finish line on, on, on day two. So I think that's a good place to start and just ask Steve to reflect on um, how his conference has been, his first as, as national chair. The most frightening thing I had to do was deliver my maiden speech to conference with um, maybe eight hours practice at an auto queue, learning how to read, speak clearly, concisely, look at home secretary and get the message across was daunting. <laughs> um, and I have to say... It was challenging, sure. but you know what? It was a job I had to do. Um, I hope I did well for conference because the whole point of me doing it was to speak on behalf of the members, for the Fed reps, but for me to deliver my style and my message to the government, the Home Secretary in particular, about what I feel needs to be done to not only support Federation reps and members, but also deliver a really good service to the public. And it's early days admittedly, but what feedback have you had in the nearly 24 hours since? So far, very positive. Um, people like the tone, the style, the content. There were some very big asks in there, and there were many as well for the Home Secretary, the Chancellor and the Prime Minister and the wider government. But if you don't ask, you don't get. And, you know, you take some advice from people who are well-placed to give it. They say, if you ask for lots of things, some things might land. For me, there's definite improvement on the way I publicly speak because there were a few stumble trips, as I call it, for me to get my tongue around some of the, believe it or not, smaller words as opposed to the big words. But that's a work in progress. I have to learn that now. Public speaking is an art form, but I'm all for learning. You know, I think I said before, I'm up for the challenge. That's a challenge. Next year, fingers crossed, should be better, smoother, and a little bit shorter. You know, what is it like? Though, give us some insight. I've never delivered a speech in front of an audience like that, and obviously, with it being your first, you probably felt the stakes were high because the Home Secretary's here as well. What's it like as an experience? Can you even remember it? Is it, is it kind of a fog? Or <laughs> I, I can, and you're funny you say fog. There was a bit of fog on stage because Literally. we had a smoke machine. The, the best way I can equate it to, it's a bit like, um, who wants to be a millionaire? When you get the, the, the drama music, the lights go down, and suddenly the spotlight is on you, or me in this case. Um, it was nerve-wracking because, again, as I said before, I want to deliver a really good message. 
I've had some good prep time and I also had to, or rather I wanted to deliver a little bit in Welsh. So I've been practising my Welsh welcoming introduction. Um, I had some really good help from a guy called Dan in North Wales and one of my national board colleagues, Nicky, who gave me the correct pronunciation and how to speak some of those more difficult words. I think it went down well. It did. And, and getting that little round of applause, that helped calm the nerves, which was really, really welcome. I thought, good, strike one, done, sorted. And then to deliver it, it, it took time. It's pace, it's about making sure that I'm on point and trying to make the, quite, the right references to the Home Secretary and deliver it. And I think I achieved that. Again, there was room for improvement. Some of the professional uh, people have said, look, you need to work on your public speaking. I get that completely. And I'm all about listening and taking that feedback on board. So it was really good, definitely challenging, but I like a challenge. Is the relief when you get to the end? Oh, massively <laughs> so. Um, it, look, it's long days doing this job anyway, especially at conference. And, and yesterday... I was at conference for about seven o'clock, been practicing, I had a final rehearsal at half seven in the morning and the speech was good. And then at the end of the day, you want to stay behind. I've visited every single exhibitor in the building. I must have chatted to hundreds of people. <clears throat> Excuse me, but the voice is going, it's breaking, it's hurting, but we've got a job to do. I went back to my room last night, quick catch up on the phones at about seven o'clock. I put my head on the pillow to read the phones and I could have just gone to sleep there and then and I probably would have been asleep for 12 hours easily. But there's still work to do, there's colleagues to speak to, so you get back up, have a conversation. I'm now beginning to feel the pressure lift, which is really good, so I can start to relax. I've got one more session to do, which is the closure, to thank people, sum up, and then it can be out here and go and have a cup of tea. Mention of drinking tea feels like an appropriate point to bring part one to a close. And before we return to our review of the Police Federation of England and Wales annual conference, let's check in with number one Copperpot Credit Union, a partner that supports this podcast in addition to offering financial services exclusively to the police family. Their stand was a popular one in the Exhibitors Hall at Manchester. My name's James Tilly, I work for the number one Copperpot Credit Union um, and yeah, we've, we're delighted to be here in person again. Uh, for the national conference it's been really exciting last couple of days um, it's been brilliant here to, to promote our financial well-being initiatives and and really sort of get in touch with a lot of the federations that we're already currently working with but um but also speak to those that there's there's opportunity for us to to do more to promote the uh, financial well-being across the police family and just remind our listeners a little in a little bit more detail the sorts of conversations that you've been having or maybe some of the questions that delegates have been asking you so i mean i think it's quite clear um, that a lot of federations are worried about the increase in the cost of living um, and that applies to all of the members from from the students through to the, to the longer serving members as well um, and so a lot of the questions we've had is, is sort of around how we can support them to develop their financial resilience a little bit um, and really adapt to these changes that we're seeing uh, in, in everyday life um, across the board so um, we've got a few initiatives that we're, we're running to try and help this um, one of the main ones is called Coffee Cake and Copper Pot, which we're rolling out in quite a few forces, whereby um, we're actually going out to see the members face to face. And we find this is um, a really good way for them to open up a little bit more about finances um, and also get a free coffee and a cake out of it. So uh, what's not can't, like? It can't be bad. I mean, um, we're talking here at conference, but I'd be interested if you'd just share with us a little bit of, you know, we're, we're watching the news every day and we're, we're kind of being bombarded about cost of living and how it's impacting not just on police officers' lives, but everybody's lives. What's your experience been away from here so far? Are you noticing already um, any significant changes, even if it's just more inquiries or more people wanting to talk about it? How has that been in the past few weeks? Um, so, I mean, from a business point of view, we've seen an increase in people actually accessing their, their savings that they've had to one side. Um, okay. And I think that really shows the benefit of having instant access to, to that savings pot. 
Um, it means that when people have needed that extra bit of money, they've been able to use that instead of having a term to, to sort of high interest forms of credit and God forbid payday loans, because believe it or not, that, that is an issue that we do face. Um, but also people have been uh, more inclined to look at our sort of flexible borrowing options. So we've got things such as our revolving credit, which, which gives people more flexible access to, to credit than perhaps an overdraft or a, a credit card would. Um, and so a lot of people have, have taken interest in this and it's helping people to sort of see themselves through at the moment while, while things are struggling. Um, and on the financial wellbeing front, we do a, a lot in terms of education. Um, and so we've actually been trying to tailor that to really meet the needs of, of what people are facing at the moment. So things like as simple as energy saving tips or how yeah. to save fuel when, you, when you're driving around, just making sure your tyres are inflated. And there are so many different little tips that um, on their own probably don't make a huge difference. But when you, when you combine them, it does start to add up and um, people really respond to that. And, and I think that's, that's really helpful. Most anticipated moment on day two of the Police Federation of England and Wales annual conference was a debate about whether to increase members' subscriptions. While the National Council conceded the timing was not ideal, remember the context is a worsening cost of living crisis, a pay freeze in 2021 and genuine concern that will be the case again this year, its representatives still spoke in favour of a rise. Their motion, which they later asked delegates to vote on, read as follows. This conference supports increasing the rate of all types of Police Federation of England and Wales subscriptions effective from September the 1st, 2022, in line with the percentage uplift to police pay for the financial year 2022-23. The outcome of the ballot was 221 votes in favour, while 170 said they were against, a figure that includes the entire Cheshire delegation. There were also six abstentions. I asked Jamie Thompson, your branch chairman, what he made of it. I think there are some really strong arguments um, for the fact that we haven't had a subs increase, uh, or we've had one subs increase in the last decade. Um, uh, but I also think there's some very strong arguments that is this the right time to be asking for some more money out of our members' pocket? Talk to me then about Cheshire's position, how you arrived at it, you know. So when this was first put to the National Council um, around six weeks ago, I called a, uh, an emergency board meeting of our, our branch board and we discussed what was on the table at the time a, a far higher increase being proposed, which we rejected, um, wholly rejected. Um, I said to the delegates from Cheshire who are here today to listen to the argument, but also bear in mind that as a board, we have already rejected the principle of a pay rise. And do you want to say whether you were swayed to change that position? Um, I listened to the arguments. Um, I accept some of the, the things that were said in favour of it. However, my own feeling, and, and I voted um, I voted for the members, uh, what I think is the right to do, I, I voted against this. It is not the right time. That said, um, we are left with this now, and it seems a fairer way of dealing with an increase rather than just picking a number out the, 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 the air. Um, however, I still reject that this is the right time to be increasing subs. What do you think the rank and file member reaction in Cheshire will be? Um, I think they'll probably react similar to, I've, uh, to how I've reacted, which is a little bit disappointed uh, at the timing of this. Um, but we have an opportunity now. Um, we have an opportunity both locally um, uh, to, and, and nationally to prove value. Um, locally, I'm really confident we can do that. Um, I'm really confident that we manage members' money really well. Um, we 
coming under budget every year. We're careful with the money that we spend. We spend it on the right things, which does sometimes mean we cannot do the things that we want to do. I'm confident that locally we can deliver value. Nationally, that is not my place to do that and, and do that. They have to do that themselves. And if they can't do that, we'll get rid of them. Yeah. And if people listen to this, members in Cheshire, have any questions or thoughts about it? What's the best thing for them to do? Um, they can always come speak to, to us uh, in the full-time office. Um, Dave Howard's our, our treasurer in Cheshire. He, he controls the purse strings. And we've said it before, we are, we are more than happy for people to come and look at the books. But there's nothing to hide. It's their money. Um, there is nothing for us to hide. We will go through the budget with anybody who wants to come and see it. Um, but the, the, the one assurance I want to give people is that we will be responsible with their money. This increase... Um, that, that may or may not come depending on the pay rise we get sadly we will not see that in Cheshire we've set our budget for the next year and it doesn't include this, this, this increase however we will have more members so we will be putting more into the pot um, we may have specials on board which means more will be going to the pot but we're not asking for any more because we believe we can deliver locally on what we've got we, we cut our coat according to our cloth um, this money will go to the centre for a, a variety of reasons um, and I say I will be as as Cheshire's chair, I will be holding them to account because um, I'm disappointed in this. I'll be, I'll be dead honest, Andy. I'm disappointed in this result. Um, I think it's the wrong time, um, and this really is now the time for them to stand up and show that they are responsible with our money as well. The theme for this year's edition was fighting for fairness, and speakers were invited to challenge the balance of fairness on key issues affecting the policing community during debate and discussion on conduct performance, misogyny, pensions and case file preparation. To conclude this episode of the Cheshire Police Federation podcast, I asked a selection of delegates to choose their highlights. Here's what they told me. Okay, uh, day two of the Police Federation of England and Wales annual conference, and I'm going to welcome back Sergeant Andy Burridge to the podcast for his second appearance, but it's his first appearance in person at this event. So, um, how have you found it so far? What are your reflections? Um, when I first walked into the main hall yesterday morning, one thing was very obvious to me, um, it's nearly all men. And uh, there's an adage going around which says uh, the Federation is pale, male and stale. And uh, I think it's absolutely true. And the first uh, speaker yesterday was Chris Akabusi. And he had a really uh, touching phrase uh, during his talk which said that the past is for reference, not for uh, residence that we should really be looking to go forward and not stay as we are, be stuck in a, in a rut. I think there's real opportunity that we need to get away from that pale, male and stale and start being so much more representative of the, the wider public but also the forces in which we work. Did it surprise you, the extent of that, or did it kind of fit with your expectation? Um, I was expecting it, okay. um, but still when you see it in front of you with 800 people, it really brings it home that it's true. How big a task then is it to, going to be to change that? It's something, a little uh, note for listeners: you're going to write something about this. So don't give away everything that you're going to say. You might not have firmed up your conclusions yet. But um, how big a challenge do you think that is? We've just come out of a session uh, about misogyny, and it was touched on in there about female representation as well, and kind of the percentage of, of women that are at this conference, which is significantly less than than men. So it's something that other people are noticing as well. Uh, yeah, a very. A uh, poignant thing that just came out at the end of that last session on misogyny is it's one of the very few places where you'll go where there's uh, no queue for the female toilets and a huge queue for the male toilets. And it's absolutely true, having just experienced one. 
Um, in terms of the challenges, uh, I think it is a challenge because straight away I think there's a wall put up with a sheer amount of male officers that are Federation representatives. So it's really down to us to get into um, groups in forces, whether they be uh, the women in policing groups, whether they be the, the LGBT support groups or other uh, minority groups and sell the benefits of being Federation representative and break down those walls. I don't think we're doing that at the moment and we do need to. So I'm joined again by Dan Lever during the morning break. Dan, what have you made of the morning session so far? Two, two really important subjects. Um, second one, more important in my world, uh, misogyny. Really, really like, like I say, really important session. Uh, something that really needs bringing up, needs addressing. I think the message got lost a little, if I'm totally okay. honest with you. What makes you say that? Right at the start of that session, it's, a, it's, a, it's clearly an issue with misogyny. Policing, society, wherever you go, uh, there's no hiding from it. But there's a big grey area with it, and I think there's a lot of confusion around it, what people should do, should they be reporting things, and if they're reporting things, what type of things should they be reporting? And that grey area was focused on a little bit too much, because there's no, there's no right or wrong with that grey area, really, it's perception, and I think we run the risk very much of almost pushing people away from it. Some people are we're almost pushing people to the corner of doing nothing at all because they don't actually know what to do about it. So a really important message was there to be delivered and I think they, they kind of got there. Yeah. But I think there's a lot more to be said about it and a lot more to be concentrated on. They it really interested me as a as a man of words um, that they talked about language and language in the workplace and all but also identified that there are layers here and it's not all about extreme examples there's lots of smaller things whether it's conscious or unconscious ways in which we use words did, did that resonate with you it's something that you know we all need to be aware of yeah absolutely and I think I'll go back to that grey area again I think a lot of that falls into that grey area I sat there through that session and it, certain, certain parts of it that um, made me think made me think about things I've heard people say maybe even things I've said which is, and I think that's what it needed to provoke. Um, but yeah, there are layers to it, and I don't think what we don't want to do is fall into the trap of automatically thinking that anything that mentions a female, for example, is derogatory. Um, sometimes it's said with the best intentions to raise the profile of females, and there's got to be a careful balance. It's right, something needs to be done about the bigger picture and the, and the extremes. We need to be careful with it at the same time. Another section I found really fascinating was about working to create a culture where people feel able, men or women, feel able to challenge some of these types of behaviour when they either hear it or are witness to it or on the receiving end of it directly. Um, reflect a little bit on kind of where we are in, in Cheshire on that. Do you, do you think there's work to do in creating that culture. It was acknowledged that's not an easy thing to do, by the way. Yeah. It might take time, but where are we at in Cheshire? I mean, I'd like to think, certainly from my perspective in Cheshire, there's more people raising issues, what would historically have been considered smaller issues, okay. but, but are important. Um, there'll always be work to do on it, there'll always be more to do on it. But I think the message is quite clear in Cheshire, and it comes from the top. I know it was mentioned in that session, leaders have got to take a stand on this and it's got to be led from a high level absolutely so I think Cheshire have got that right does it still go on I have absolutely no doubt sure 
And the difficulty in policing is whether it's misogyny, racism, uh, homophobia, any set of characteristic, if you like. Policing's it's almost been shut up and get on with it. So there has had to be a massive culture change, but I can see it. It's going to take time. I think we're in a good position in Cheshire, but we've got a long way to go with it still. But I'm confident the tide is turning the right way. I'm Dave Bamber. I am actually a Cheshire officer. been a Cheshire sergeant for a number of years now. Um, but I actually operate on the National Board of the Police Federation. So I've been there for eight years uh, as a, a, a national rep for the Fed. Uh, dealing mainly with uh, professional development, college policing, issues like that. Um, and that's my current role. Brilliant. I'm going to ask you first, actually, what it's been like to have everyone back in person again. It's been great. Uh, <laughs> and I don't think we can underplay that. Um, Teams has been fine. To meet virtually has been fine. It's meant that we can get business done. If we can carry on operating. But actually, it's some of them conversations in the sidelines. It's the whilst you're here conversations that make the business run so much smoother. Uh, because sometimes during the past few years, you know, you think, is it worth picking up the phone? I don't want to disturb. I don't know what they're doing. And and it's those those things that you're reminded of when you see somebody that you have that conversation with. Uh, and not just within the Federation, but actually all the other exhibitors and, sure. uh, uh, and speakers who are here, that we can have more of an informal but influential conversation with. That's what's been missing, and that's what we've now got back. Now, I said at the outset, we've, we've still got an afternoon session to go, but from what you've um, seen and heard so far, one or two highlights for you or, or things that have struck you? One thing about policing that I don't think you get in a lot of other industries, a lot of other public sector bits, it, it is there is that conversation that goes on between the management, the owners, the home secretary, the home office. Uh, we get that all the time. Pluralism. And it, 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 it is there. You don't see it elsewhere. It, it, the conference is a big example. You've got chief constables, PCCs, home, yeah. the home office officials are here, the home secretary was here, and everybody does discuss. So... I think in policing we're in a unique place that people, whether they act on what they hear, but at least we know they listen. Um, now obviously reps that have attended will be going back to workplaces and feeding back to rank and file members, hopefully a little bit of what they've seen, what they've heard, their highlights. Um, what do you think or hope the overarching message will be when they're asked those questions when they go back to work? I think there's a couple of things. I, I think one, if we look at what is the federation, um, so there's a message around what the Federation is. What does the Federation do for me? It's a question the members often ask. We've had a debate this morning about subscriptions and people will therefore want to know, well, what do I get for that? What do I get for that? So hopefully from, especially the newer reps who've attended at conference, we'll be able to see that what we actually do deliver is of a really good quality. What, the way that we operate is of a really high standard and we are respected by the other stakeholders in policing. So actually, are we an effective voice for policing? Yeah, we are. Are we the undisputed voice of policing? Oh, most definitely. It's on the strap line on the stage. That's what we are. That's what it says. And I, I hope that some of the newer reps actually realise that Police Federation is a good organisation, a good and effective organisation. Do we get it right all the time? No, nobody does but we get it right more at a time and, and, and we do operate very effectively when it matters.
And that brings us to the end of this episode. We hope that it's captured the mood in Manchester. If it's piqued your interest to find out more, then I urge you to check out a conference special newsletter that's been published on the branch's website and features reaction from most of the Cheshire delegation. Before I sign off, I'd like to personally thank everybody that I interviewed for this edition. It's always good to hear different voices. That list includes Steve Hartshorn, National Chair of the Police Federation of England and Wales, National Board Member Dave Bamber, Jamie Thompson, who is the Cheshire Police Federation Chairman, Tony Condon, Cheshire Branch Secretary, and Wellbeing and Equality Lead Dan Lever. We also heard from workplace representatives Nigel Reid, Shelley Lister and Andy Burridge. And finally, thanks to James Tilley from our sponsors, Number One Copper Pot Credit Union. We're grateful that they support so enthusiastically what we do. You can get in touch with the Cheshire Police Federation by visiting its website, which you'll find at cheshirepolfed.org.uk. That's cheshirepolfed, or one word, .org.uk. There you'll find news about its latest work, details of member services and information about the group insurance policy. Don't forget you can also download the Cheshire Police Federation app for free from the App Store or from Google Play. Until next time, it's goodbye from Manchester.